Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitary board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 246. It's a hit. You sunk my battleship. Hey, Julius. How are you Hello doing? Hello there, Albert. I'm doing well, and you? Doing well, thank you. We're doing a, a midday recording, which is unusual for us. Usually we do it at the dead of night. 8 or 9 p.m. Hopefully Albert will be more awake so that it's not past his yeah, bedtime. Yeah, usually, usually we're recording past my bedtime, more or less. But this is a lunchtime recording, which is exciting. The sun's still out. Um, today we are talking about a game called Bismarck Solitaire. It is a war game. It was published by Worthington Publishing. I believe it came out last year, actually. And it is, it is a little different than most games we talk about. This is actually comes as a book. Um, you buy it from Amazon and it's print on demand and you get a book that you play in and you write all over your book and you play the 10 or so game, not 10, 30 or so games. And then you throw it out when you're done. That's, uh, the game in a nutshell works. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much a nutshell of a game from what it, it is. That it, I it is, it is, it is very, we'll, we'll get to more. It's a very light game. So the, the game is set in world war two. It is about the, the ship, the, Bismarck, I don't know what call letters I had in front of H, not HHMS because that's British, but it was a German warship and it did a lot of damage in the Atlantic and um, what's that sea called between England and Europe and mainland Europe? The ocean. The ocean. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Okay, so when well, we should know, that's sadly. So this, this ship caused a lot of havoc and disrupted shipping lanes during World War II and became a thorn in the side of the British Empire. So they set out to, to find it and sink it. Apparently, there's been some more movies made about it. They're supposed to be really good and whatnot. I don't know. The only other thing I really know about the histor- history of it is that it's named after Otto von Bismarck, who was um, some sort of statesman or some guy in Germany in the 1800s. He died in 1890. Um, you know, he, he was important enough to get a ship named after him. Sorry, sorry, I don't know more about the history of any of that stuff, but there you go. This game simulates you controlling the Bismarck, going around the ocean, trying to do some damage, and getting back to port alive. That's basically the goal of the game, in a nutshell. Sounds good. So the rules. Let's talk about the rules next. The As I said, this game comes as a book. The rules, I think, are about four to six pages long. And then the rest of the pages in that book are games. Each game is a two-page spread, two facing pages. You turn the book into portrait, landscape mode, I'm sorry. You turn it into landscape mode, and then you play on the book, and you write on it as you're playing, mainly in the bottom half. But the rules themselves are short, simple enough, and clear for, for a war game. I'd say they're... For a war game, it's super <laughs> late. <laughs> for a war game. Yeah. For a Euro game, it's you know it's four very dense pages. <laughs> yeah. Multiple, but, it's like three columns per page. It's three columns like per page, six yeah. pages. It's still pretty dense. Yeah, but uh, but it is it is a pretty simple game, and, and we'll get to the gameplay, and you'll see it. There's not a whole lot to the mechanics of it. The theme about this game, um, so I mean, so the theme comes across all right. I think you're controlling a ship. I you, know, you don't feel like you're in the ship. You're fighting battles. It's relatively light, but I do like it. It, it feels thematic, and then when I'm I'm looking at the board. The lower half is a map of the ocean. The upper, upper half is a grid of different uh, areas we're going to get attacked on. Uh, charts that you're going to roll on, graphic charts. 
And it kind of feels like I'm planning a navigation in this game. It sort yeah. of feels, and I think that comes across pretty neatly. I don't think that's necessarily the intent, but if it feels pretty strong, I think. In that it, sense. it feels like you're captaining a ship. This feels like the the grind work, I suppose I should say, but you're not controlling a ship like in an, a tiny little battle. This is you're a, a captain of a big ship where you have to plot out with multiple people and things like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it sort of feels like you're in in a planning planning room or plotter room versus you know helming the wheel yeah. or manning the guns. So I think that comes across pretty well. Uh, it is a war game, so a lot of people tend not to like war games just out of principle. The yeah, <laughs> you you don't feel you want to ever feel close to anybody in this game, any of the characters or anything like that, because because it is abstract enough. The Let's jump onto the components. This is going to be a quick episode. And honestly, it's lunchtime thing. So, you know, it's going to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what we're talking about. So the the components. So the, what you get is a book. As I said, you buy it off Amazon. It's $30. It's print on demand. And you're going to get a book with about 60 pages is my guess. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe mm-hmm. 64. Um, full color. The the text is, is relatively dense, as Julia said. The well, full color digital book. No, you... it's a physical book. No, it's a physical book. Oh, yes, okay. it's a physical book. You get a, it's a print on demand thing. Um, which we'll get a little more into that later. The the book is you hold it in port in landscape mode. I keep always confusing those. It's in landscape mode, and you will flip the pages up instead of to the left. Um, the quality is not super high as typical for print on demand stuff. You're going to be writing on it, though, so it's not something to keep for a long time. That is really the only component that you get. The other component that you need for this game is something to write with, obviously, and a pair of six-sided dice. You could get away with one die. I like to. Have, I have three in different colors just because I've got so many. I may as well use as many as I can. <laughs> but you really, only, you really only need two, or one or two is, is plenty. Um, that's all the components, really. There's not much of the game. When you play, you're going to open the book to whatever chapter you're on, whatever scenario you're in, that two-page spread, hold it flat, and start rolling dice. You know, write on the paper and start rolling dice, and that's it. So it's very simple when you go to play. Uh, with that being said, let's jump into the gameplay. Uh, it's rather light. This game reminds me a lot of games like B-17, Queen of the Skies, or The Hunters. Uh, both of those games, if, if I've if you know these games, you know I have a good idea what I'm talking about, probably. There's very much a lot of rolling in these games, and they tend to be relatively light in decision-making. Especially B-17, Queen of the Skies. In that one, there was absolutely no decision-making. It was just rolling dice on charts and seeing the outcome. This one, well, actually, there was one tiny decision point that may come up in a game, but generally speaking, no. And what you got out of these games, of either of them, is a sense of story as it evolves, and you're sort of playing along, following it, and it's happening as you play because you're rolling dice to see the outcome. This one does have, I said, more decisions. When you start the game, you're going to decide where you're going to be on the map. You start somewhere in the top two rows. It's a map of that ocean, as I said already, um, or that sea. And it's div- it's a grid that's, I'd say, 10 by 10, maybe 12 by 12. I'm not sure exactly. And you, you pick any of the spaces in the two top rows, and you put your two ships up there by writing the, the initials of the ship, the B for the Bismarck, and P for the Prince Eugene. Eugene. I don't know how to pronounce. Um, so you put a B and a P for those two, anywhere in the top rows. And then on the left column anywhere, you put a, a submarine. So you write a letter U in one of the spaces. 
And those are the three ships you have. They're going to be moving around the oceans and fighting. The I said it's a 10 or 10 by 10 grid, maybe 12 by 12, whichever it is. Those spaces are then subdivided into four squares. And when you move, it basically takes two two moves to get from one, one space to the next space because you're going through those squares. But other than that, that larger space is still a space in terms of any event or being able to fight and whatever. The, the, the turn, the way it works, is you're going to roll your two dice and it's going to give you a, two numbers, right? The first, you'll then look up those two numbers on a chart. And basically the first number is one through six. The second number is either high or low. So there's 12 different little maps on the upper sheet. And with those two dice rolls, you'll get you'll you know pick one of those maps, and they tell you what event is happening. Each of those little maps on the top is a, a mini version of the big one with some of the spaces highlighted in a color, or sometimes there's one color on the map. Sometimes there's two different colors in different areas. What you'll then do is figure out which map you rolled on, which chart, and see if any of your ships are any of those highlighted spaces. If so, then an event is happening for that ship in that space where the ship is currently at. The event can be very unlikely good things. You might be able to repair some damage or gain some fuel, or or you might encounter other ships or planes that are attacking you. Generally speaking, the only the most of them are pretty well, not most of them. A couple of them are pretty easy, like taking damage or gaining fuel or even losing fuel. It's just you know crossing something off on the page and moving on to the next phase of the turn. If you have air combat, you're going to roll dice for the combat and see how much damage you take, generally speaking. There's no decision there. Either you take damage or you don't. You do get to decide which ship, potentially. But other than that, either you take damage or you don't. The The other type of event you could have is combat with another ship. You could encounter another ship while you're patrolling the seas. If you do, then you have to fight. And, and a fight is going to be back and forth, rolling dice for your ships, rolling dice for the enemy, rolling dice for your ship, rolling dice for the enemy. Until somebody either escapes or is sunk. The the way you roll combat, your ships or every ship rolls a certain number of dice. The Bismarck rolls three, the Prince Eugene rolls two, and the enemy ships roll three or two, depending on which ship they are. Hopefully you get a weaker one that only has two dice. You will roll the dice. If you roll a one through three on any of the dice, that is a hit. You mark damage on the appropriate ship that got hit. And you go on to the next ship and roll dice to see if they if they make a hit or not. At the end of a round, starting at, if I understand the rules correctly, starting in the second round, you or the enemy could choose to escape. You will roll a die to see if you escape, and basically a one through three is a success. Higher than three is a failure, and you're stuck for another round. And you'll keep doing combat until either you all the ships are sunk, yours or the enemy's, or somebody has escaped. In that case... You go on to the next phase of the round, which is to move on the on your grid on the lower half. You will be able to move your ships. The submarine moves one space. The Bismarck can move three, and the Prince Eugene can move two. No, those last two are reversed. Bismarck is bigger and heavier, can only move two. The Prince Eugene is a lighter, faster ship, can move three. And you will move them on the map by just basically writing where they're going to. So you're kind of drawing on your map the path that your ships are taking and navigating through the seas, which is kind of neat, actually. And once you have done that, you move on to the next round, roll the event dice again, see what happens, keep going. The game generally is going to last around 
15 or 20 turns. It depends. But generally, the wind, the end wind conditions or wind conditions are get to one of your ports, having done this much, gained this much victory points by sinking ships after turn 15. So you're basically going to be playing until turn 15, and then you could go home to port if you've gotten enough points. That's how the game plays. It's super simple. A game takes me maybe 15 or 20 minutes to play, and I'm done. So, there. So I mean, that's the gameplay. I think I, I, I described it in plain detail. I didn't get into the submarine, how that's different. I didn't talk about spending fuel and other things. So there's a few things, but they're not important for the sake of the discussion. So what do you think about the game then? Do you enjoy playing? I enjoy playing it. It's very light. There's not a lot of decision making. Sometimes I feel like it's frustratingly random, which, I mean, it is. You're <laughs> just rolling charts and seeing what happens. For example, if you roll... When you complete a campaign, you're going to get victory points if you win. Plus, you could earn a medal by accomplishing a specific goal. The goals, for example, are usually sink an enemy convoy. To be able to sink a convoy, A, you have to have a ship in the right space. B, you have to roll the right chart on the top half, which is a 1 in 12 chance each turn, right? And right. C, then you have to roll to see if you actually hit hit the ship and sunk it. So if all that combination doesn't happen, you just don't get the medal. Too bad. You know, It's totally random. And I guess you could do things like send your ships to those spaces because you could see on the top. And you have multiple shots. It's not just a one-time thing too, right? I mean, yes. You have multiple shots unless they escape on that second round. Uh, in that case, you mm-hmm. know, your chances are. But even then, it's not the multiple shots that I have the concern with. Is You may just never get a, a roll on the chart to see if that ship even shows up. If you never roll the right chart, because there's only one space on the chart, that ha- or one, one die roll f- to get the correct chart that has that convoy. So unless you get that chart, you're not going to see convoys. You're going to see other ships or other events. So it is random enough that you don't know what's going to happen. It's a little bit frustrating, but it is a light game, so it's not a big deal. It's just well, do you have enough decision points where you get to you know decide things? You are deciding. You're deciding. Do I want to worry about the metal and send my ship down to that area? Yeah, I mean that's good because I could get a convoy and get my metal. But it also turns out that that part of the board. If I roll other charts, they're going to be pretty bad for me because there's more likelihood of getting bad ships. So I'm trying; I have to decide what to do and where to go, and that's kind of neat. Even as I'm doing that, it's kind of random. Sometimes it feels irrelevant because my goal is to get a certain number of victory points and get out. The medal's you know icing on the cake sort of thing. So it doesn't matter where I'm going to go. I'm going to probably find enemies to try and sink, hopefully succeed and not get killed, and then get out and I'll at least win without the medal. That. So I mean, it, I don't know. It's it's fun. It's satisfying to play. I'm not really worried about the that randomness in it. It looks super dense. <laughs> I, I'm aware that you're it saying that it's all. a light game, <laughs> mm-hmm. but when you look at the player board, there's the hit tracks and there's the this, and it's it's a lot of stuff all pushed together in one single place. It doesn't look like it flows well, just based on just judging on looks alone. Right. Yeah. It is. It is surprisingly light and easy to play. There's very little that you're using. Each turn, you're, you're on one space in the map. You're rolling for an event. If there's an event, it's going to tell you which of the ships along the, the bottom shows all the ships that are available in the game with the little health markers on it and all that. And you, you're going to encounter one, two, if you're really unlucky, maybe three enemy ships in a single event. And then you're fighting those ships, that ship or ships. So the rest of that is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, no, it really is, really is light once you get into it. It's... Um, I guess 15 minutes to do 10 turn or 
15 plus turns, it's quick. You don't see many games that are that fast for that many turns, whether they're war games or real games or other than a roll and write, which maybe this is. This is a very heavy roll and write, I guess what it is. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. So I have enjoyed it, though. I really have. Um, the randomness is just something you're going to have to accept because it is definitely there. You have each. There's eight scenarios. You have three tries for each scenario. There's basically three copies of the same sheets. So, so you have three tries to, to get your victory points and sync it. If you didn't, you know, you did it. You move on to the next one. I suppose you could print more copies. I mean, I suppose you could do that, right? You could make photocopies of it, but the the intent was not that. The intent is really that you get six plays out of it. That's it. Not six plays. Three scenarios. Each no eight scenarios. Each scenario has three copies, so it's twenty four plays, plus an okay. plus a a training mission. So An interesting method. Yeah. So that's actually, that actually is really interesting what they did here because this product came out last year very quickly because of all the shipping and logistical issues that were going on all over the world. It's really hard for a publisher to get a game created, shipped to the U.S., and then distributed and all that in any sort of timely manner, and people were not able to get games. So this publisher, Worthington, said, hey, Let's let's use the tools available. Let's use Amazon Print on Demand because that is printed locally. So whether you're in the U.S. or Europe or Australia, or wherever, if you buy this book, it's going to be printed locally to where you're at and shipped to you, and it will arrive quickly. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know that that's actually a really smart idea. Now, it's I never heard about this until I stumbled across it on Amazon. Every once in a while, I go to Amazon, I'll, I'll search for solo games. I'll, I'll put it in my search bar and see what I find. <laughs> and one day this came up, and I looked and said, yeah, it looks kind of neat. So I ordered it, just, you know, sight unseen. Uh, so I feel like they could have advertised it better, because it also now feels like the logistics issues of the last couple of years are, are starting to fade. It's not as bad anymore. Things are shipping. Kickstarters are arriving, and so on and so forth. So if they had sold it better, I think it might be more successful. But, you know. It is what it is. It is still available. It's actually it's a, a good game. For example, if you're somebody that travels a lot, maybe you carry it in your briefcase or something or your backpack when you're flying. It's easy to pull out. All you need is a couple of dice or digital dice. Mm-hmm. Even that you can even use digital that. dice. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's easy. Easier. It's easy to travel with and play anywhere, which is another thing I like about it. So I think it's it's a pretty darn neat game. It's worth checking out. It has limited shelf space. And it doesn't take much shelf space at all. Anyway, it's just it's a very thin book. <laughs> just a book. <laughs> yeah, it's an eight and a half by eleven size book. Also, it's also worth pointing out. And they've published a second one in this series, a Napoleonic game. I, know, I don't really know anything about it, other than exists. It, it seems to work entirely different because the pictures I've seen doesn't. It doesn't have a nice square grid and little things across at the bottom. I haven't looked into high works whatsoever though, so I, I don't know. But yeah, that's that's Bismarck Solitaire. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say about it. Have any questions, Julius? Not really. I mean, I, I think I've given my opinion is that it looks really dense, but I'll take your word on it. That it looks fun. I mm-hmm. don't know that it necessarily looks like for me, but I can certainly say it would of be be of interest to someone who's looking for a lighter war game title. Yep, I, I think so. Yeah. Uh, light, easy, easy to play, easy to get. And also check out, like I said, the Napoleonics one. I don't know what it's called, but if you go to Worthington Publishers website, you'll find it. And I'll include links. Normandy Solitaire? Waterloo. Fields Waterloo. of Normandy? Hmm? There is no Normandy one that I know of. 
I know there's more that are theoretically coming out soon as well, based on his announcements on his website. Oh, neat. Okay, I have I have not seen that. I only know of the two so far. But yeah, I'm looking at the the uh, Waterloo one, and it looks like a rolling right. I don't see how this would work as a game, but again, I'm just looking at a picture of it, not really digging in whatsoever, even reading, just admiring the art. So anyway, well, there sounds you go. good. Shall we sail off? This sounds like a plan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Have a good day, Albert. All right. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus and can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.